Pros like you rely on trusted brands every day, like Bosch. And when it comes to finding those brands, you can count on Lowe's to have what you need when you need it. Stop in today and pick up a Bosch 18-volt cordless reciprocating saw, and you'll get a Bosch Core 18-volt battery kit for free. Save time by ordering at Lowe'sforpros.com, and you can pick up your order at the Pro Desk. Whatever you need for the job today and every day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 815 U.S. only. Jay, guess what? What's going on? I was 45 minutes from Jacksonville this weekend. 45 minutes from Aloha Nails? I was so close to driving to Aloha Nails to see if Caesar was working. Unfortunately, it was Sunday. It was my dad's birthday. And I didn't feel like it was the appropriate time. You couldn't convince him that his birthday (laughs) present was a mani-pedi? A (laughs) mani-pedi 45 minutes away, an hour away in Jacksonville. He'd be like, uh, no. (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome to the Reality Bites podcast. It's Megan and Jay. Before we jump in to episode four of 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days, the full episode aired last night. Jay, how was your weekend? What'd you do? It was good. I had my fantasy football draft. I'm the commissioner of my own league, and so we got everybody together. We got our laptops out, and we started picking players. I would like to be involved. Okay. Well, I know nothing about football, but that? that always tends to work in my favor. It's a $100 buy-in. Never mind. Okay. I don't want to be part of your <laughs> league. Never mind then. Um <laughs> Uh, it was my dad's birthday over the weekend, like I said. Celine Dion. I gave him, my brother and sister-in-law, I have to give them most of the credit because I could not have afforded these tickets. <laughs> I didn't realize how expensive they were. So my brother and sister-in-law, I have to give them the majority of the credit because they pulled it off and I couldn't have done it without them. But my dad was legitimately, genuinely excited. And I don't know about you, but as you get older, it gets harder and harder to surprise your parents. You know, my dad likes to play golf. How many golf shirts can I give the guy? So being able to give him these tickets to the show and seeing him really, really excited about it was a cool experience. And then uh, my niece starts kindergarten this week. And so I had to interview her about, you know, what do you think your first day of kindergarten is going to be like? So what do you think kindergarten is going to be like? Oh, I already see my big school. You what? I already see my big school. You've already been there? Yeah. So what do you think you're going to do on your first day at kindergarten? I'm going to ride the bus, but not on the first day. You're going to ride the bus? But not on the first day. Not on the first day. Just on the other days. Okay. And that is it. And that's it. Okay. And I said, oh, so you you think that that's all that kindergarten is? And she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And I'm like, you are in for a rude awakening, my friend. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's coming up this week. And it's just like, you know, like you were saying, taking your daughter to first grade. Obviously, I won't be going with her on her first day of school. I just can't believe she's starting kindergarten. Like, I remember the day that my brother and sister-in-law called me and were like, oh, you're, you know, you're getting a niece. And for whatever reason, I assumed that meant they were adopting a puppy and i was like oh you're getting a dog and they're like no we're having a baby whose first reaction to you're getting a niece oh you must be getting a puppy me that was my first reaction i still remember vividly like i got all i really thought that they were calling to tell me that they were adopting a puppy and you were an adult at this time right it wasn't like a childlike disconnect or anything this was like just five years ago (laughs) 
Anyways, I did make it home in time last night to catch episode four, the full episode of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. However, I passed out on the couch (laughs) at 9 p.m. So I saw the first half, which I had already Already seen seen while I was waiting for part two. Um, But to prove my full commitment to 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days and this podcast, I got up early this morning because I fell asleep at nine o'clock last night. Right. And I watched the second half of episode four this morning before I came to work. I did so a similar I- situation because I had the draft, like I said last night, and it's not really on brand to have an NFL draft party and then 90 Day Fiance on the You TV. should have made your draft team league watch the episode <laughs> to get right. their reaction to it. I'm sure that would go All right, guys, well. here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick our teams. <laughs> And then we're all going to sit in a circle, watch 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days, and then we're going to discuss. Right. Maybe next year we'll work on something like that. So, yes. A viewing party. I also uh, (laughs) got a late start on 90 Day Fiance. But, yes, like you, committed to it, and it was worth it. Here we go. The The real drama is starting. Yeah. Let's pick up with Tim and Jennifer. Tim is 38 years old. He lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Jennifer's 25. She lives in Columbia. They have been communicating online for the past several months. Right. He is flying down to Columbia to meet Jennifer and her one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Violet. She's super cute. She's adorable. But before we talk about Tim Landing and their initial meeting in person, why was Violet not strapped into the car seat? You know what? Different rules in Colombia? I could not focus on anything that was happening in that taxi ride from the airport besides the fact that the little girl is not strapped into the car seat. Not wearing, apparently didn't look like she was wearing any sort of seatbelt. Yeah, it just looked like she was just chilling in like a reclining... Car seat? In every car seat I have ever seen, there's like shoulder harnesses. Right, yes. Especially for that age. One and, and she's a half. one and a half in yeah, the back was... of a taxi. But they are in Colombia. Maybe, uh, maybe it is totally different. Or, you know, when you're in a taxi, you don't usually put on your seatbelt anyway. So maybe that's just like, hey. But this is a one and a half year old. Uh, it's a big difference. She between... has a teddy bear there to kind of, as an airbag. <laughs> as a buffer. <laughs> as a buffer. Uh, so Tim lands. And as we expected, the initial meeting goes smoothly it really at does. the airport. She's super excited. Yep. He brings her the teddy bear. The little girl loves the teddy bear. She They're does. off to a great start. They get in the cab, do not buckle the child into the car seat, and they are now en route to an apartment Airbnb that Tim has rented because Jennifer lives with her grandparents. And all of a sudden, the fighting and the arguing starts. That's weird because uh, they didn't show any previous conversation. just looked like he just brought it up like, oh, by the way. Totally. It felt unprompted and very random, which makes me wonder if... If it was edited to look like that, if prior to what we saw, there had been more to the conversation and when they edited the episode, they just cut right to where he tells her that he talked to Veronica because all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, I just, uh, I had to check in and she's like, why did you do that? And he's like, well, I had to let her know that I landed all right. And that kind of sets her off. And I have to say, I do agree with her. He has not explained his closeness with his ex Veronica very well to her. Right. Like we all know because we're watching the show and he's explained it to us, but has not done the same Correct. for Jennifer. And even what we know might not be all that there is to the story. 
story because Tim says he's got a big secret and he says on the episode that once he tells Jennifer, it might be the end of their relationship. So what is it? So first I was thinking maybe him and Veronica like slept together in the not too... And she's pregnant again? And that's what I thought too. I thought maybe she's pregnant. Or maybe maybe it's like a polyamory type situation. Maybe he and Veronica are kind of still involved, but he also wants to be involved with Jennifer. Like I've said all along, I think it pertains to his sexuality. Uh, Because what else would it be that could potentially ruin his relationship with Jennifer? Yeah, see, I'm definitely leaning toward the involvement with his ex still in a much more meaningful way than he's already showing her. Right. Because it's just weird that he's just not, like, she brings up a good point. Like, okay, yes, she's nice enough to take you to the airport, but you could have called an Uber. Right. You could have. He's like, oh, she was the only one who could take That's me to the airport. True, That's Tim. not true, Tim. You can also drive yourself to the airport. Right. And par- especially but Charlotte. I, mean, I don't, although you probably don't want to take your Ferrari. What does he drive? <laughs> he a Ferrari? A Ferrari, yeah. And leave that at the Charlotte Douglas International Airport in the garage. It's pretty um, reasonable, though. I've been to that airport before. It's like $6 not bad. So Tim is now in Columbia. He is in the car with Jennifer and her daughter. And we kind of leave off with them already arguing over Veronica. And he's also acting very strange in the cab just in general. Like he bumped he his head. We- look at her. Why don't you look at me? Maybe my head's like I'm having to crouch down so my head's not. Like If I look at you, it's going to be like this. He kept saying, well, if I turn my head, I can barely fit in here. I'm like, no, if you actually turn your head, you'd have a little more headroom. Yeah, there was something. And she picks up on it. I couldn't tell if he was just nervous or is he I felt like it was something on something. Yeah, he's 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 already a strange character. It was just a very weird first encounter. It started right. off really nice and sweet and you're sure. like, "Oh, it's going to be great." And For then, the first 10 minutes. And then which it just, is exactly what we predicted <laughs> right. was going to happen. And then it just got weird from that point on. I'm a little nervous just because of the friction before I left. And Jennifer's so pretty. She's even prettier than I thought, so now I'm like, "Wow, this girl really might be out of my league." No, Tim, not might be out of your league. She's definitely out of your league no offense because he's not ugly but she's like drop dead gorgeous all right okay uh who do you want to do next uh let's go with some happiness uh benjamin and akini benjamin and akini how cute making out as soon as he gets off i was the gonna plane. say uh, i wrote down P- no pda you know restrictions apparently in nairobi <laughs> no apprehensions was- about just locking lips from the get-go benjamin's 33 <laughs> he's from arizona akini's 25 she's from nairobi kenya he leaves arizona flies to nairobi she is on her way to the airport she's super nervous he gets off the plane he's in the bathroom not taking 45 minutes to get ready <laughs> just like splashing some water on his face and he walks out and as soon as they see each other they start making out they do and i was kind of impressed because i didn't expect someone like benjamin to be that forward i thought he would be kind of timid around her and want to wait for her to make the first move but he was just like in like flynn big hug and then a whole lot of kissing a lot of kissing and it was really cute it was really cute and from the previews we know that um benjamin is going to sit down with her brother now akini also says out of nowhere she has a a big secret everybody has secrets in this episode in this season um so i'm now curious what her secret is maybe her secret is that she's promised to someone else and that she's betrothed and if his bride if he doesn't meet her bride price then she has to go with the other guy marry someone else wouldn't that be interesting maybe that's why this whole bride price thing is so important akini goes 
goes to the highest bidder. I don't know. Let's see who shows up with some cash. But it was a, it was a nice it was a nice moment. She it also was. commented that he was very hairy. Yeah. Yes. Well, and she kept commenting on you know how different you know the texture of his hair. hair She's was. like, your hair is so soft, and she was petting it the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. It was very cute to see her reacting to someone who physically looked very different. Right. And, but um, in a positive, she reacted in a very positive way yeah, throughout. Right. For sure. Up next, Angela and Michael. Not in the episode at all. No, but in the previews, we did see... She goes to back Nigeria. in Nigeria. Not only does she go to Nigeria, but they allude to some sort of altercation. Altercation yes. where Michael pulls over, gets out of the car, and at first I thought it was going to be a conflict between the two of them, right. Angela and Michael. But it appears it's with somebody, another driver or something, and then Angela has to jump out of the car. She's and like, "Hey, get off of him!" Break up the whole thing. My instincts tell me things are not going to go well on her second trip. It doesn't feel like it because these two. I I think the age difference and the cultural, cultural difference, difference is just too much for these right. two. She's 53, he's 29, but who knows? Maybe they'll make it. Avery and Omar. I gotta say, I still like Omar. Okay, Avery's 19, she's from Ohio. Uh, Omar's 24. He's from Latakia, Syria. They are meeting in Beirut, Lebanon. In the last podcast episode, I said, I really like Avery's mom. I think she's being very cool about all of this. You know, giving her daughter the little pep talk when they're getting off the plane. Like, Has your opinion changed? A little bit little after bit. last night. So where we left off at the end of part one of episode four, Avery and Omar and her mom go wedding dress shopping and Omar has come commented that one of the dresses is too tight and the big conflict that you can tell is starting to brew is that Avery's mom doesn't like how conservative Omar is and how strictly he follows the right. Islamic law of, you know, modesty. And um, like we said, he talks the talk, he walks the walk. He does. He He's not the one who's out drinking, but telling Avery that her dress is too, too tight. tight. Yes. So where we pick up in part two of episode four, they are going to dinner. And they are at a Syrian restaurant in Lebanon, in Lebanon yes. it would appear. The first thing is that Avery's mom is trying to get Avery to order a glass of wine. Right. Now, Avery's 19 years old. Now, I know in other countries and in European countries, the drinking age is different. Here in the U.S., you have to be 21 to legally drink. Correct. But Avery's mom, like, you're still on TV telling your 19-year-old daughter to order a drink when you very well know. She has to know because she's done her research about the rules and the laws. Right. And, I mean, Avery's been doing it for six months now. and She I'm sure knows that alcohol is off limits. She's doing it on purpose. She's trying to incite something. And she even says, hey, we're celebrating, Avery, so you need to order a glass of wine. And I think she was specifically doing it to see how Omar would respond. Right. I think <laughs> she knew that Avery wasn't going to do it, but she said it to see what what Omar would do. I kind of liked Omar's reaction. It was kind of like shock, like, oh, no, that's harmful. Yes. Like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No, no, be careful. <laughs> um, and and then she, Avery's mom, orders a Long Island iced tea. And I was well, like, I'll be at a party. I do don't know they know how to make that? <laughs> do they know what that is well, in Beirut? But if you saw behind uh, 
the or the uh, the maitre d' or you know the waiter, there was like a bar back there, and it looked like oh, okay. there's different spirits and wines. Because even still, sometimes in Muslim countries, you can't go to a restaurant and order alcohol. Right. So I was a little bit surprised that she was even able to order an alcoholic beverage. There's definitely um, bottles. I couldn't tell what the bottles were, but it definitely looked like there's some at least wine bottles back there. So yeah. So this is where Terry brings up that she has googled how how to be a muslim wife i was looking up yeah muslim wife yeah i have some questions yeah <sighs> treat women kindly but they are prisoners and you have no other power over them than that if they are guilty of open lewdness then refuse to share their beds and hit them but not severely you don't plan on hitting my daughter do you She's nice to me, so she's not always. She's not going to always be nice. As a matter of fact, she's probably going to be mean more than she's nice. And there was that weird pause that made me very anxious because I'm like, right. come on, Omar, just like flat out say no. And he seemed to suggest that what she was reading was not exactly what the Quran says. And I mean, I guess everybody knows that when you Google anything or look up anything online, Wikipedia, that, you know, you have to kind of at least try to use your best judgment and take some things with a grain of salt. And so just to look up Muslim wife or whatever. Right. She could have pro- been reading someone's blog. Right. For all it we could know. be anything. And some of that stuff was pretty extreme. And he, you know, he rebuted, rebu- rebuffed a lot of the stuff that she was saying right and said no no this is like a different this is kind of a you know people use this to say that this is what islam is but no 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 what i follow says that women are to be cherished and you love your wife and you don't you know hurt them and i would never hurt her because she's nice to me but i mean omar has kept it pretty cool he's so far and he does mention in his little on-screen interview like i really feel like she is kind of disrespecting my culture a little bit she was i don't think she should have ordered a drink at at the restaurant i think you're there for a couple of days you know that they don't drink alcohol and i understand this whole like i'm still gonna be me like he's gonna be part of our family just as much as we're going to be part of his so right. he has to accept who we are and what we do but at the same time it was it felt a little blatant in her effort to try to get a reaction out of him absolutely and that made me a little like eh. now in the preview for what's coming up all of a sudden we trouble see, in paradise yeah that there is going to be some conflict and we do still have some questions about when they're going to get married, where they're going to get married. How long she's coming how, back to the U.S. Yeah, when she's going to be returning to Syria, whether or not she's going to tell her mom that her plan is to move over there and be with him. So that's all still to come. All right, up next. Do you want to do Rebecca and Zied or Darcy and Tom? Oh, man, either one. Uh, let's do Rebecca and Zied. All right, Rebecca and Zied. Part one of episode four, mm-hmm. we see Rebecca go with Zied to his soccer game. <laughs> we see her meet some of his friends. It's the first time that she comments, like, being around all of these guys makes me feel way older and out of my element. And then they are back in their hotel room, and they are getting ready to go out to have some drinks, because apparently drinking is okay, but Zied is not happy about what Rebecca has chosen to wear. She is adamant that she is going to wear it, and she's going to keep her jacket on, and it's going to be fine. And he is clearly not happy about it. And now they arrive at this bar slash hookah lounge. Hookah seems to be everywhere. Everywhere. Like anywhere you go, you're going to be able to hookah. So every single place. <laughs> it's part of every activity. I'm surprised they weren't smoking hookah yeah, at the, the soccer, soccer game. Field. Exactly. Like, in between, you know, goals. Like everyone huddles on the sideline to hit the hookah. <laughs> um, so immediately she is still trying to hammer home this idea that you have to be okay with 
the way I dress and me wanting to wear what I want to wear. Being in Tunisia for the last couple of days have been very stressful, so I was really just looking forward to letting loose and having some fun. But the night is not going as planned. Are you okay? No. Whatever. He's just not happy at all. We were arguing when we left the hotel because Ziad didn't like what I was wearing. Baby, I just want to have fun tonight, okay? I don't want to make you angry. I want to be me. I want to be myself. And you love me for however I am. I, I tell you something with you. You're Arabic. Not good that says blows hot, uh, sexy or naked, okay? I'm not naked. I'm wearing a shirt. I know, I know. With this, it's okay now. It's okay. But if I take my jacket off, suddenly there's no, something wrong. No, that's no good. You understand me or no? No, I don't. Okay. Yeah. I tell you something, okay? The people see you like uh, this shirt, you tell you are not good woman, okay? You understand or no? So now I'm not a good woman. I definitely see this as a red flag. I understand that we're in a different place, it's a different culture, but this is what my ex used to tell me all the time. And what's going to happen when I'm in America? Sure, you say it's because we're in Tunisia, but is it? I don't know. Are you going to tell me what to wear when we go to America? In America, it's okay, no problem. How do I we know that? that? Because there, it's normal. All the women there like you, like this. You are not in America here. I'm not liking this side of Ziad. If he is super controlling and there's just this constant jealousy, it's not going to work. It just takes all the love out of it. Well, this worries me. Okay, this is my character. Which she really didn't like, and then the jacket came off. Yeah, she's like, okay, now what? Am I not a good woman now? What? What? And what difference does it make? I'm the same person. Why does it matter? Oh, and here we go. Oh, my gosh. So was... there is a group of people who have now come into the bar. So the guy sitting beside Rebecca looks at her tattoos because she has now taken her jacket off and she's wearing a sleeveless shirt. And Zied immediately... It's like, what are you looking at, buddy? Gets very confrontational. Very confrontational. And Rebecca says, I've never seen this side of him. This is a new side of him. And I'm like, girl, you've been there three, four days. Like... This is another really bad sign. And here we go with yet another thing that, you know, if it wasn't bad enough, the way he was acting when they left the hotel, the way he's acting in the bar, off the charts, unacceptable. And where we kind of leave off, he stands up and another guy enters the, the frame and, and he's, he's telling the guy sitting beside Rebecca to leave. Right. Well, first of all, Zed, you don't own the bar. Like, you can't just kick people out. <laughs> Security. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, she's not even a week into her trip. And like I said, the main issue is that he doesn't seem to be able to discuss it with her rationally. Right. That he is angry and he is using anger to try to get her to do what he wants her to do or to try to force her to dress a certain way. And so she's being defiant because right. she wants to make sure that Zied's not like her ex. Which could also be an issue, too. If she, you know, kind of gets into that Darcy mode of, oh, well, my ex, my ex, my ex, you know, it could also put some strain on the relationship as well. He's because... made it very clear he doesn't want to discuss. <laughs> well, that, too. I was saying, <laughs> just saying her mindset in general about the ex, but also, yes, the fact that you're bringing up the ex is going to make him mad. So, yeah, there's no good comes from the ex. Yeah. So after 
we see what happens at the end of this night in the hookah bar, I am very curious because already to me, he's acting like a different person than he was in the beginning when we first yes, met. Zed. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. And that's not a good sign. And they got at two. least two, two and a half weeks ago. Now, Rebecca posted on Instagram this message. Okay. I, I do want to address one thing really quickly. Um, I was wrong for what I did. Um, you know, of course, I should have respected what Zied told me. Um, you know, what he asked me first, he didn't tell me first. There's a lot that you don't see that went into that scene that, that happened. Um, but let me explain a little bit so that I don't get quite as much hate for this. My ex was very controlling. <clears throat> he told me everything to do, everything to wear, and all of this. In all of the time that I've known Zied, he never once told me anything, and so I reacted poorly. It was a bad decision on my part, and I should not have argued with him the way that I did. And I did eventually, well, you'll have to watch and see what happens next week. But I just want to make that clear. Apparently, she got some flack for deciding to wear what she wore out, wanted to address it and and explain why she chose to anyways, even though she knew that he didn't want her to wear that. So I just thought like a little update, a little more insight that we didn't get to see on the show. She, you know, like she says, there's a lot that we didn't get to see that led up to all of that. So. All right, up next. Darcy and Tom. Darcy and Tom. Okay. (laughs) Darcy, 44, from Connecticut. Tom, 39, from the UK. Darcy has, in part one of episode four, she has landed in the UK. She's taken 45 minutes in the airport bathroom to get ready to go meet Tom at a restaurant. It is a $500 cab ride because from the time he meets her at the airport, it takes her 45 minutes to get ready. He drives her to the restaurant. He waits outside with all of her luggage. The meter's still running. Mm -hmm. They go When she goes into the restaurant, restaurant it's daytime <laughs> when, when they out, leave it's definitely nighttime it's definitely nighttime they get back to the airbnb darcy has clearly had too much to drink she is emotional she's crying night one she hasn't even been there 24 hours where we pick up in part two of episode four darcy wakes up in the morning fully makeup hair done <laughs> fully made up and she's wearing one of Tom's white shirts. Basically, she doesn't remember anything about the night before. And my first question is, so when the camera crew left, Tom undressed her and put this white shirt on her. Like, did he take off that Gucci bathing suit? That That's right. body suit that she was wearing? Like, was she conscious enough to undress herself yeah, and like she might have been just drunk enough where she doesn't remember but he actually said here why don't you wear one of my put this on put this on go to the bathroom get in, get in bed now he walks into the bedroom brings her coffee she sits up hair done fully made up wearing tom's white button-up <laughs> shirt and he has a piece of toilet paper stuck, <laughs> stuck up in, in his, his nose. nose because darcy passed out drunk was snoring and hit him in the face in the uh, middle of the night yeah so so um there were cuddling, canoodling, whatever she you want to call it. She had to hit him pretty good. She had to hit him really good. There's because, blood all over the sheets. Which I find questionable. How are you just going to let someone sleep in like a bloody <laughs> oh, mess? so gross, right? Of like, a bed. Just 
pull the sheets off or right. something. Exactly. Get those things in the wash. Like, you can't just leave blood on the sheets. This is an Airbnb. This is someone's house you're staying <laughs> exactly. in. Like, at least get those things soaking something. You're losing your deposit, sir. You're losing your <laughs> deposit. cleaning fee is going <laughs> to double now, Tom. So he tells her that he has booked them a cruise. They're going to go out on the Thames on the river. In one hour. In I don't, one hour. I don't know if you noticed that. But she would, like I said, she was already made she up and her hair was up. done. So clearly when the camera crew got there, she was already awake and right. ready. Like she knew they were coming. She was not going to be caught on camera <laughs> without hair and makeup done. So she got sneaky, got up, did herself up. And so basically all she has to do is get Put dressed. Put on her clothes, yeah. And I don't know why she can't wear sensible footwear, <laughs> but she is trying to go downstairs There's and down all of five steps. It's only like five, maybe six at the most. And she looks like like a baby giraffe <laughs> who can barely walk. She looks terrified to have to maneuver these steps. And not only that, but then they're going down like a boat ramp to get on the boat. She's got to step into the boat. She's got these like four inch stiletto heels on. And she does not go an episode without either mentioning her ex Jesse or right. mentioning marriage because she's like, oh, it's like we're walking down the aisle. And I'm like, oh. Getting on the boat. This is day two. Day two. Day two. It's the morning still. Come on. And this is your fresh start. This is your chance to kind of forget about the night before because Mm -hmm. you were a hot mess. Hit the reset button and have a nice day together. And already they're on the boat. And I don't know if she realizes that she comes across this way, but the neediness, the clinginess, the desperate, what are we? Where are we? What's what's the deal with us? Why are you getting teary eyes? It's the wind. No more of that. No, no more it's of that. No more of that. No, no more of that. Right now. It's happy. It's happy tears. I'm like, I love London. It's beautiful. It's very romantic. Should have came sooner. Really happy where we are right now. I like the feeling that I get. Why do I hear there's a big butt coming? Don't ask me, but. But, I mean, it's kind of nice to know when we see it a little bit. And are you really trying to ask me? Is this kind of like exclusive? I feel like when you're with somebody, whether you have like two dates dated for months like you don't want to waste anybody's time so i was trying to think you know i was trying to put myself in her position or just anybody's position who's in the situation and i mean that discussion does need to be had at some point and it could even happen kind of early like hey you know so are we a little more exclusive whatever whatever but because of her past transgressions her, yeah her past transgressions she like you said comes off as needy even when she's bringing up something that's valid like hey you know right i would say wait a couple days mm-hmm. just enjoy the face-to-face one-on-one time that has been four years in the making before bringing up like so are we exclusive so what what's going on here are you seeing other women and she seemed legitimately taken aback by him saying yes i was seeing other women up until five or six days ago <laughs> no, that was kind of a jerk move you don't have to be like five days ago though that because that would seem to indicate that the past at least year or several months that they have been getting more serious and getting to know each other that he's been dating other people the whole time and she did not seem to know that at all right playing the trip to london probably didn't happen within a week yes exactly So at that point at least when you're playing the trip to london hopefully he would have stopped dating other people by that point put things on the back burner anyways tom definitely does not seem on board this commitment train Mm -hmm. ready to make any sort of declaration of being mutually exclusive and i think she's 
she's digging her own grave. Yeah, she wants credit for time served, as I like to say, because yep. she keeps bringing up the fact that, well, it's four, been four years. I thought the four years we've been dating. Oh, well, I thought that the last four years would be enough for us to get to know each other. I thought the last four years, well, part of that four years, you're with another guy who you're about to get married to. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and, and in reality, when you meet someone in person, it's a whole new ball game. It is. I get that there's been a lot of communication leading up to it, but this is a whole different realm. And the fact that she's she keeps going back to this, like, I just thought we were in a much different place. It's like, Darcy, you've been on the show before. You've been through this before. Right. Like, That's you got to know thing. meeting in person is a different layer. It's a different level to all of she's this. She's not a newcomer. She's been on the show before. She's been through this whole trial and tribulation. So she should know that, okay, you probably need to take your time, go into it with your eyes wide open and, you know see what comes of it from there and darcy again whether she intends to or not comes across to me as the type of person it would be exhausting to be in a relationship with because of the amount of emotional stability you would have to provide because of her emotional instability right it just to me i look at it and i'm like how anyone would touch that with a 10-foot pole not because she's not a pretty girl but because that seems so exhausting to me. And Tom brought it up, you know, the prior episode where we're like, every time I do something nice for you, you're not going to like break down and cry and get emotional, are you? And it made me think in this episode, because she does a lot of that again, like, oh my gosh, this is just so nice. This is the nicest thing anybody's ever done for me. Like, how badly was she treated in her past relationships? Right. Or is she just that type of person who is very emotional needy without... You and know. day two, like I could see myself living here, like oh slow gosh. down, just pump the brakes, just pump the brakes. It's exhausting watching her from a distance. As you said, I can't imagine being in a relationship with somebody like right. that. Right, exactly. All right. Last but not least, are <sighs> Caesar and Armaria. Caesar. Caesar's 46. He lives in Jacksonville, North Carolina, where I almost made a pit stop this weekend. Maria is 28 and lives in the Ukraine. Last night, I was on the phone with my friend Kwame, who's also a 90 day fiance watcher. He had a very interesting theory. Okay. His theory is that Maria lives in Mexico, and that's why she insisted that they meet in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But then I went, okay, so of course I start getting like argumentative and poking <laughs> holes in his theory, and I'm like, well then if he booked her ticket, he would have to know her address, and she would have to have an address in the Ukraine she would. for him, and he's like, yeah, but through that Anastasia date, he was sending all this stuff to the Ukraine. So it's possible that, you know, she has some sort of fake address over there and she doesn't even really need the plane ticket because she already lives in Mexico. And I was like, okay, but the accent, the accent is, is clearly Eastern European and not a Hispanic accent, but he still seemed to be convinced that this person that Caesar has been communicating with actually lives in Mexico. Not the, the highest on my possibility chart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess Yes, it's possible. It's possible. Everything with the Caesar thing is just shady. Like when it goes to the airport and he's looking for his bags and there's no other people. Nobody. No bags. Nothing's even rotating like the little tread. At the baggage claim. Okay, so, so Caesar, who is now on his flight to Mexico, lands in Cancun, gets off the plane, has not heard from Maria in like four days. She hasn't responded to any of his messages. That doesn't seem to worry him all too much. No. And he goes to get his bags and he is the only person in the entire baggage claim I mean, terminal. It looks, ab- it looks abandoned. It honestly looks like it was closed. Like, yeah. There's not a sing not a not a security guard walking through, Mm-mm. not like a like a baggage clerk, not another passenger anywhere in sight. Nothing. He is claiming that 
he doesn't have his bag. They lost his luggage, which has his two hundred dollar cubic zirconia. Which he was upset about. He's like, "Oh, my two hundred dollar ring. My like, ring's you in can there. Probably buy another two hundred dollar ring." Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but then this seems to be a common thing on the show because Avery's and her mom's bag. Yeah, that is true. They had to go back and get the next day. So here we are now with Caesar leaving the airport, saying that he's got to get his bag the following day. But uh, Caesar is now in a in a cab. He's on his way to this resort in Cancun. He gets to the room. He's like, Maria's going to love this. And they show a preview to where there's like a bunch of American kids in a pool with him because he's in Cancun, Mexico. And they're like, <laughs> are you sure you're not getting catfished? So I feel like the show is really foreshadowing the catfishing, the aspect. catfishing aspect of it. Which, he looks very disappointed. Like, how could you say that? How could you say that? Well, how could you believe that this blonde girl is still showing up to meet you right this guy here's where i get a little suspicious about the whole thing right caesar on instagram is a totally different person is he really than the caesar that we're seeing on the show i have seen the uh, pictures of him from his website yeah where he's kind of like got the sunglasses or he has has an open shirt yep trying to show up his abs so caesar's instagram handle is caesar underscore mac and it's very much he portrays himself as this guy who has a lot of money, who mm. lives an extravagant lifestyle. Like, he, just for example, here's a video of him in Vegas. See if you can see. Is he in front of the uh, Chippendales guy? He's in front of a, a Chippendales shirt. sign and he rips his shirt off. He's and got the, the sunglasses go in. It's nighttime. It's dark wherever he is. He's wearing sunglasses. And the Caesar that he presents himself as, like, look at this. A shirtless picture of himself. A shirtless bathroom mirror selfie. He likes to be shirtless. He does lots of <laughs> pictures of himself. Like, here's one where he's all dressed up, but he's wearing these like weird Michael Jackson leather gloves. <laughs> Like, I, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on with this guy because his Instagram persona is so different than how this. recent is that, though? Oh, there's a couple that he's posted on Instagram from a couple of days ago. Because I'm thinking maybe things went bad eight months ago in Cancun. And he's like, I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to start working on my abs and I'm going to show Maria. So here's a picture of him hanging out. He's holding up a Heineken and the um, caption is hanging out on Monday night Drinking like a boss. He spelled night K N I G H T, by the way. And like, here's a video of him. Drinking like a boss does not seem like a phrase you would hear Caesar say. Yeah, and we've never seen him drink on the show so far. We've never seen him like ripping his shirt off in front of a Chippendale sign. So I'm st- I'm now very suspicious of this guy. Also, there is someone who's posting anonymously on Reddit claiming to be one of his former clients who says that Caesar told her, or maybe it's a him, but I'm going to assume it's a her, that basically the entire show was fake. It was staged and partly scripted, and he knew when he went to Mexico that she wasn't going to show up. Like By that point, the relationship was pretty much already over. This person on Reddit is also claiming that he exaggerated and didn't send her anywhere near $40,000 over the course of the four years, but I don't know how much of that is to be believed. And which Caesar is the real Caesar? Yeah, I don't know. I'd... It's a fun storyline to watch. Who knows what's going to happen? But that's and who the... knows what the truth is at this point? But that's the one storyline where I'm just kind of like, uh, if it ends up being fake, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, no point. one's going to be surprised, no. right? All right. Well, episode four. 
five of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Part one is already out. You and I both almost went ahead and watched it because this the drama's kicking into high gear now. It really is. And now I just got to know what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next. The full episode will air Sunday night on TLC. The Reality Bites podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. So go find us, rate us, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time.